Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Draft 412's podcast. This weekend was week zero in the NCAA football season. And for that, on this very special occasion, we wanted to bring on a college football expert and, and TJ Chapman. TJ, welcome to, to Draft 412 and welcome to being on the clock. What's up, guys? Thanks for having me, man. Really appreciate it. What's up, TJ? Our pleasure, man. Thanks, thanks for again, and and again, we appreciate all your support for you know Draft Four One Two and the things we've been doing in the community. So we we appreciate that, and we appreciate you coming out to the Stage AE Draft event a couple of months ago. But let's oh, get absolutely. into it. You know, we're at the NCAA season. I see you wearing your Tennessee shirt, um, and uh, let's let's talk teams, right? So like, there's the usual suspects. There's the Georgia Bulldogs, the back-to-back champions. You've got a couple of teams in the Big Ten that can make some some noise. You've got Alabama that's chomping at the bit to return to the to the number one spot. And perhaps we even see your Tennessee um, volunteers creeping up there. You know, what? Uh, who's going to make the big splash this year? Who, who, who are we looking at uh, at the number one, number two spot or uh, any of these, um, these playoff spots? Who would, who would you plug in right now? I, I wish I could say my Tennessee balls, but I don't know if they're going to make it through there. I got to see how their defense is going to be. I actually, I, I got two new teams coming in. I got LSU and Florida State making the final four. I think, I think LSU is going to end up losing to Florida State this weekend. And then they're going to run the table, win the West, and then win the SEC and get into the college football playoff. And I got Florida State going undefeated. I, I don't see them losing a the game on their schedule. I, they, to me, top to bottom, they're one of the best rosters in college football. And, you can argue back and forth about Jaden Daniels at LSU, uh, Jordan Travis at Florida State, which one of them is better. I, I'll take Jordan Travis over Jaden Daniels at LSU. I definitely will do that. And I, I think they're going to win this weekend and go undefeated, and then LSU is going to run it after. JT, what do you think? I mean, is that so, do you agree with his assessment? or I had Florida State on my short list. So I, I agree with him with Florida State. I, there's not, that's not really um, – Big competition in the ACC this year. I mean, um, uh, North Carolina, there's some good quarterbacks in the ACC, but complete team-wise, Florida State's got to be in the top in the top five consideration in the country. I like Washington. Um, out of the they, they, have, they have a ton of NFL talent, um, starting with Michael Penix, a quarterback. Um, you got Rome, Azande, a, a at um, receiver. You got Braylon Trice as a defensive end. They have – probably three, maybe four first-round draft picks on that team. But they do have a tough schedule. I was looking over their schedule. Mm -hmm. They have four. They play against four ranked teams. And and you can't really sleep on USC. I know they're like the darling pick, but it's hard to sleep on a team mm -hmm. with Caleb Williams. And they have a, a whole uh, barn full of uh, wide receivers like they did last year. So yeah. I wouldn't sleep their on Their defense is suspect. And I like, I like Michigan. I mean, I like – I like – I like what Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State are gonna. One of them three, they're gonna do what they always do. They're gonna, they're gonna beat on each other, and one team's gonna sneak out of that. And with Ohio State not really having that that CJ Shroud type quarterback, they got to find out what they have a quarterback. I, I think Michigan could sneak through this season. So TJ, back to you. In terms of um, a surprise team that people might not have on the radar. Uh, who could that be that might sneak up and like last year's TCU and grab a playoff spot? I don't know if there actually is somebody who's going to sneak up. If, if anything, I would think Florida State would be the team that sneaks up because they never really made the playoffs. They had a good year last year. And they the thing that Florida State did well was they let Mike Norvell build 
they gave him time. Well, whether that was because they were still paying buyouts for four coaches ago, that's another story. But they gave Mike, Mike Norvell the time to build this program, and that's what he did. And they're starting to reap the benefits of it. So if, if it's a surprise, because most people think Clemson's going to end up winning the ACC, I personally think Florida State's going to do it. So that Florida State would be my surprise team. I don't see any obscure teams, so to speak. I don't see like a Texas Tech coming through. I don't see – uh, you know, a Florida surprising people and coming out of there. I know for a fact Texas A&M isn't doing what everybody thinks they're going to do. But to me, I would say if it's going to be a surprise team, it'll be Florida State. How about you, JT? Any big surprises uh, hidden behind the curtain right now until we get to week one here? I guess my surprise was Washington, but they're not really a surprise or a top 10 team. So I'll go with I'll go with back to the ACC. I'll go with Clemson. Um, Clemson's got enough defensive talent. They got a good quarterback coming back. They they could be that team of Florida State does stumble, which I, I agree with TJ. I really – I find it hard for them to lose one. I hope they do lose one. I hope it's the pit, but I'm, I really don't see them losing a game. But Clemson could be a team that people sleep on because it's been a couple years now since they've um, been dominant. I think they're sort of in the um, – in the, in the uh, I guess in the shadows right now. They're not really a, a team that people talk about. But, but Joe, well, let, let's, get yeah, in, let's get into your um, – <laughs> the um, Heisman candidates, Joe. I know you've been following along with with all the stuff going on our, on our website. Ned, who who's your Heisman candidates this year? Who do you think? So, yeah, I've I've got to say that there's a couple of guys. Now, let's all take Caleb Williams out of the conversation for a second. I mean, if you're you're betting with house money there, um, so if if we're saying who are the Heisman guys except for Caleb Williams. Uh, then I, I like two players in particular. The, the first is Drake May. Uh, I think North Carolina has a lot to prove. I, I'm not as sold on Florida State as you guys are. Clearly they've got the talent, but just like Miami, every year they have talent and it just doesn't work out. Something happens, something goes wrong. They haven't been able to get over the top in recent years. And so I think this is the year, if you have a quarterback like Drake May, you've got to make some noise and yeah, and if Drake May plays as well as he can be, he's 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 battling it out for that number one quarterback spot in in next year's NFL draft. And he reminds me a lot of Justin Herbert. Um, and you know, Herbert made some noise for Heisman when he was with Oregon a couple of years ago. Um, you know, that big Rose Bowl, um, you know, game that he had out there. I, you know, and I think he's my he's my not my dark horse, but he's my other than Caleb Williams pick. The other guy is somebody that we're not you're not hearing a lot about, but might be too obvious to pass up, and that's Blake Corum from Michigan. And I say that knowing that he's, you know, look, you know, the guy he's in Harbaugh's offense and the way that the Wolverines play, this guy can be a twenty touchdown guy. Um, you know, I don't know if he's going to have the noise as some of the quarterbacks have. They touch the ball every play, and you know, he's on the smaller side. He can. He can get injured, and he might not finish the season. We saw that last year. Uh, he was unable to play in that that uh, big, you know, Ohio State game, which ended up working out anyway. Uh, yeah. But then ultimately, you know, missed the, the his chance to play in the playoffs too. You know, I think again, dark horse candidate. I think this guy makes the top five. I think he's in New York second week in in December. I don't think he wins it. I think it's Williams is walking away. What about you, TJ? What, what, what's your uh, Heisman candidate? Who do, you, who do you like? Well, I agree with Joe that it's probably going to be Williams walking away. But if, if I have two, maybe three, obviously I think if Jordan Travis, Jordan Travis and Florida State, Florida State 
is undefeated. He has, he has to be there, at the, be there at the very least. Same with Michael Penix. Penix. Michael Penix, Penix, Penix is definitely going to be in New York in New York January. January. But the one that, the one that I, I think, think nobody's, nobody's talking about, about that they should be talking about is Marvin Harrison Jr. The only knock against him is he's a receiver, and most of the time, whenever you have a receiver who's a candidate for the Heisman, it's got to be somebody who's returning punts or kicks. And the last time I checked, he's not doing that at Ohio State. He's legitimately the best receiver in the country, but I don't know if he's going to do enough for the Heisman voters to say, yes, this is our guy. Yeah, if I could comment on that for one second, JT, before we go to the, the next comment, is I he reminds me of being in a situation in the same way that Larry Fitzgerald was. There's a guy that yeah. was clearly the number two pick in the NFL draft and just, you know, gets looked over because he's a receiver. You know, he could he, he's dominating. He'll be, you know, it, it's almost the same kind of thing. Just re- fast forward. And with the exception of the fact that I think that Caleb Williams, and Drake may are better quarterbacks than Jason White was. I also yeah. think that this is a this is a guy that, you know. If he were Desmond Howard, if he were Rocket Ishmael, even if he was Charles Woodson, you know, because, you know, he didn't return punts and kicks, uh, I I think that hurts him in the the long run there. So I agree with everything you guys have said. I think the only thing I'm going to add to the Harrison and the quorum thing is they both have teammates at the same position that are that are excellent. Um, Egbuka is probably the second best receiver in the country. And Donovan Edwards, he showed last year. that he can that he can be a workhorse if he had to be. So um, I have a feeling that they might get their their plays may be cut down because of that. Um, I think Edwards might get some more carries in Michigan uh, this season. I like um, I like Michael Penix. Uh, his name to be there maybe. Um, I also like um, I like Jordan Travis. I, I like Blake Corum. Um, my, my my I guess my my dark dark horse is it's only because and I'm not a, I'm not a Notre Dame fan. You all know that. Tim <laughs> Hartman, if he leads that team, oh, you're buying I think that. Tim Hartman is that great of a quarterback. I I just did a profile on him, and I, I think he's a fifth round pick at best. But if he leads Notre Dame, you just know the story will hit, and people yeah. will he'll force himself into that um into that Heisman talk, and it'll drive me insane. He won't win it, but I could see him sitting there. All the old Catholic Irish voters will have to vote him. They'll be, they'll be <laughs> excommunicated. <laughs> well, TJ, we we know that you're a monster Tennessee fan. We can see it behind you. We can see it on you. Um, a lot of our our viewers and listeners are huge college football fans, and they realize the dominance of the SEC. Can you give us sort of an outlook on what you think is going to happen this year in the SEC? I I think. I think the SEC, as usual, and this is I'm – I'm a Southern football fan, Tennessee fan, but I'm a Northern person. So I'm not one of those – it just means more people. I can't stand that mentality. The SEC for many years has been top-heavy, in my opinion. And a lot of people think that they beat each other up all throughout the season, and that's why they're the best conference. you got two, sometimes three legit teams, and then that's it. You're not looking at Auburn or Texas A&M, or Florida, or South Carolina for that matter, going into the Big Ten and winning the Big Ten. How deep the Pac-12 is this year, they will not do that. They will not do that. Alabama and Georgia are always the top two dogs, but both of those teams are starting brand-new quarterbacks. And as far as I can tell, Nick Saban hasn't even decided who his starting quarterback is yet. If you're this deep into uh, into the fall practice, and you don't have your starting quarterback yet, you got problems. 
I, I don't know if I don't think Alabama's running the table. I don't think Georgia's running the table. I think Georgia, I think Tennessee can beat Georgia. I don't know if they will beat Georgia. If this game was being played in September instead of November, I would ride Tennessee straight through that in a heartbeat. November, he's got time to figure things out. But I definitely think with the cake schedule that Georgia has, they're going to walk through and get undefeated. But then I think they're going to lose to LSU in the uh, SEC championship game. As far as South Carolina is concerned, a lot of people are, are pumped in South Carolina left and right because of their last two games. They beat Tennessee. They beat Clemson. Spencer Rattler played out of his mind. The problem is those were only two of three games that Spencer Rattler had last season that were good. Yeah, he's a five-star quarterback coming out of high school. He has the pedigree, but he's yet to show it. He hasn't shown it yet. So to me, South Carolina is only going to go so far with his inconsistencies. And the majority of the teams in the SEC are that way. I think you're this time around, you're going to see LSU rise above Alabama and uh, Georgia. I don't think Ole Miss. I, I don't think Mississippi State. I don't think Kentucky or Missouri or Vandy. I don't think they are top-notch enough to walk into another conference and win like a lot of SEC fans think they can. Let's stay on Spencer Rattler for one second. Uh, yep. you, you, you mentioned him before. Pedigree. Former Oklahoma guy, got passed over for Caleb Williams, transfers to South Carolina, and frankly, has underperformed except for those two games, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, he's – a lot of yeah. folks thought he might be the number one pick in the NFL draft a few years back, and now he's struggling, um, you know, just to maintain, a you know, a, a record that's uh, above 500. You know, is you know, does South Carolina have the horses to, to make some noise in the SEC? Or, or you mean, are they depending on this – this rattler noise from the last two games. I mean, it's just, I don't, I don't know if they've got the roster for it. I don't think they got the roster either. They're, they brought in a tight end who I believe is a six foot five, 270, 260 pound tight end who runs track and flat out flies. And the kid's name's escaping me right now. He's a five-star uh, tight end coming in. That will give rattler a good weapon to you. But the problem is he, he's got to get it to them. And he once if Spencer Rattler gets confidence, if you watch that Tennessee game from last year, he got confidence early and he just kept pounding away and pounding away and pounding away. But when he that first mistake comes early, he shot. He was like that at Oklahoma. He's like that at South Carolina. And teams are starting to pick up on that. I don't see South Carolina going very far. Shane Beamer's a good coach. I'll give him that. I have a lot of people who that who've made the mention that if he does succeed well enough at South Carolina, when Brent Price finally shown the door at Virginia Tech. He's going to go in and take over his dazzle job. So take that for what it's worth on that end. But I, I don't I don't think South Carolina is going to do as well as a lot of people think they are. JT, what are your thoughts? On the SEC itself or South Carolina? Yes. SEC? I agree with what he was saying about the Georgia LSU thing. I think Alabama is one of the most overrated teams this year. I hate, hate to say that Alabama is overrated, but I don't think – I think that they're going to lose – I think that they're going to lose multiple games, which is probably just okay. going to be two. But they're, I don't see them running the table. I think that they've um, – I think they go through this – it's like a thing you go through like six, seven years, and I think they're in that, that loop right now where their talent just isn't 
quite where it used to be in the last couple of years where Georgia just is at that point right now where they just keep loading up each year. I mean, they got the best tight end in the country. They got defensive guys everywhere on the field. They, I mean, their, their weakness might be just at the, uh, at the quarterback position, but they, they have enough talent around him. That's just going to be, it's just going to be Georgia all the way to the end. But then I love LSU. Malik neighbors is one of my favorite receivers in the country. Jaden Daniels, if you look at what he's done in his career, he's very underrated. I mean, he's putting up numbers. Yeah. He's putting up numbers everywhere he was, he's been. Um, he just hasn't won. But I think this is the year he's going to put it all together. And they got one of the best offensive tackles in the game, too, with uh, Makai Wingo. So I, I like that. And if, if, as far as South Carolina goes, I don't put much stock in what Spencer Rattler did them two games. Um, and you were right, Joe. Um, two years ago, doing my draft guide, he was right there at the beginning of the year. I remember doing, Oh, I got to get Spencer Rattler. He's going to be the first quarterback taken. And he basically fell off the face of the earth uh, fast. Entire, entirely tanked. Yeah. Entirely. Tanked. And they lost their two starting corners going into this year to the NFL. They lost Cam, Cam Smith and Darius rush. Yeah, Both they, those guys were monsters on defense for them last year. And really going through each team. And yeah. I go through for NFL talent wise, South Carolina was one of the, um, the lower, the lower teams in the SEC with, with NFL type talent. I mean, the guys that are going to yeah. get that are going to get drafted. So, um, I, it's a two man horse. Georgia should LSU should have no issue in their in their uh, their conference, and and Georgia should have no issue as well. It should be a two team race, and um, you know, Alabama. Like I said, it's a it's a year off for them, so I don't think they're going to put uh, much of a pressure on it on a Georgia team, but a team like Tennessee. And, and I'm not saying this because you're on there, TJ, but Tennessee proven the last couple of years they're a unique offense that can put up points and they can yeah. they can they can explode on you really fast. So I mean, um, I just watched a documentary on Urban Meyer and the Florida Gators, and and there is something to be said about SEC football. And uh, the best quote of the whole show was when he his first game as a Florida coach coming from Utah. He said the first play of the game, he heard two guys hit each other like he's never heard before in his life. He said it's, it's like a whole different, a whole different thing in the SEC, and it was you know watching Utah play. So yeah. <laughs> it is, it is bigger men, it is bigger, faster men playing playing a game. So I, I don't take yeah. away from that. But um, well, back then Utah was in the Mountain West too. They weren't in the Pac-12 yet, so they weren't in quote big boy football just yet. He just got done destroying Pitt, you know, with yeah. Smith. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> yes, yeah. But Joe, here's a good one for you and TJ here. Um, we just talked about the SEC. How about the Big Ten? We know Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, and we know what they're all capable of. Um, what do you? How do you think it plays out, Joe? It's 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 always going to be them three right now at the begin at the top of the at the top of the heap. There's, um, I think the other teams in that, that conference really haven't improved as much. I heard Wisconsin's on the upswing, but they're still not going to be a, a team that is in that top three. So, how do you think, Joe? Do you think? Yeah, I'm not sure. Michigan versus Ohio State, Michigan versus Penn State, Penn State, Michigan. What what do you think it plays out? How do you think it plays out? Uh, you know, I think it's Michigan's to lose. Uh, I think they've got a favorable schedule. Um, I also think that they've got, you know, veteran talent coming back that's now seasoned, knows what it's like to make uh, the playoffs. And um, Ohio State doesn't. You know, Ohio State – is starting a new quarterback um, and they have the talent. There's no doubt they have the talent to be competitive. And I think it's, it's going to be between those and then whoever they play in, in the West. Right. You know, I think the signing of Luke fickle out in, in Wisconsin 
will mean a lot. You know, that he's going to change the way they play ball out there. He's a good coach. He was over, you know, passed over by Ohio State. And, you know, looking back, you know, I think that he had his, his, his day in the sun in Cincinnati. And I think that helps him. But I don't think there's anybody in the West that's really going to make any noise. And as far as Penn State goes, I, I, I'm going to say, show me, right? Like, I, I'm not sure. I, I hear a lot about it. Penn State always does a good job recruiting and then never does anything with it. You know, they their quarterbacks always underperform. They've got great running backs. No question they have great running backs. Uh, but I'm not sure they've got the talent to compete against OSU and Michigan. Now, maybe I'm wrong. This is the year, but Franklin hasn't been able to get over the hump. He hasn't even been close to getting over the hump. His record against top 25, top 10 are abysmal. Um, you know, every now and then he pulls a rabbit out of his hat and beats an OSU on an off year or beats a Michigan in an off year, you know, and, you know, I, look, we live in Pennsylvania, so we hear a lot about Penn State, but until they actually show me that they can get over the hump, I'm not going to believe it. So when they get there, okay, you know, I'll consider them have, they have arrived and that's James Franklin's, uh, you know, uh, you know, whatever, like he, he finally got, that's his opus uh, that he put together. But you know, if there was a year for them to do it, this is the year, right? Ohio State, new quarterback. You know, Michigan. They, I believe, the schedule falls where they play them at home, um, and you know they, you know, they should go four and zero with the cupcakes they've got on their out of conference schedules. Save for West Virginia, Mountaineer fans, don't be upset. I'm not calling you a cupcake, but I am. You, you're not going to yes, win. They are. Uh, you know, but I, I ultimately think that. You know, there, there are two challenges on the schedule are, you know, at Columbus and, you know, having Michigan at home. And, you know, Franklin's just proven over and over and over. It doesn't matter who his quarterback is. doesn't matter what talent he has around him. He just can't, can't get over the top. So I think they come in third. I know that's disappointing to Penn State fans, but sorry. <laughs> TJ, what do you think? Do you like, do you like J.J. McCarthy? Do you think he's finally starting to show? It seemed like last year he started uh, coming together and, becoming a, a comparable quarterback that could could lead a team. I mean, he has a running game, of course. I mean, they ran yeah. for, what, like 300 yards against Penn State last year, which was great to see. But mm-hmm. um, what do you think? Do you, do you agree with what Joe's saying? I mean, Ohio State has NFL talent at every position, just about um, yeah. maybe like a minus the quarterback, though, which is a very important position. Yeah, I um, I actually, whenever I was going over everything that I was doing for the Big Ten or the Big Ten East, I have all three of them going 11 and one beating each other. So I have Penn state beating Michigan at home. I have Michigan beating Ohio state at home and I have Ohio state beating Penn state at home. It's the, the rosters are ridiculous on all three of those teams. I agree with Joe, as far as uh, James Franklin's concerned, it's time for him to step up and do it. I mean, right now, I mean, he has the excuse that Drew Lar. I mean, you don't know what you have with him. And that's my only hang up with Penn State. If Drew Lar was a junior who had a monster season last season, I would actually be picking Penn State to go undefeated and hit the playoffs. It, I think their roster is that good, top to bottom defense, offense. Michigan has the run game that they're just going to beat the hell out of you. I mean, that's what they do. J.J. McCarthy doesn't need to do a lot to keep that offense going. When you have Blake Corn, when you have um, uh, the other one, Joe, what was the, what's the other Donovan, one? Donovan Edwards. Donovan, Donovan Edwards. Edwards. You have Edwards and you have Corum. Yeah, Penn State got a great duo in Singleton and Catron Allen, but I like the duo in Michigan better. I think the duo in Michigan is better, and I think they will pound away 
my question mark for Ohio State's the same as it is for Penn State, the quarterback. You don't know what you have with that quarterback. You can have Emeka Ibuka, you can have Marvin Harrison Jr., but if you don't have somebody to get them the ball, they're useless. I mean, it, it, that's what it boils down to. The more complete of the three teams is Michigan, and I think eventually Michigan walks through and they get into the playoffs. I agree with what both these guys are saying. Um, the, the talent on them three teams, I mean, us being draft 412 and dealing with the draft prospects, I mean, Ohio State, I can literally just point to a defensive tackle. They have a top five. Mm-hmm. Point to a running back. They got Travion Henderson. Uh, receivers, they got two. The, the top two, actually, right now are basically uh, them two, if not the kid from Washington. So the talent in that conference, Blake Corm's one of the top running backs in the country. Um, yeah. It's just it, it, it's ridiculous. Penn State's got the probably the top tackle in the country. So the, the talent out of them three teams, are pretty, pretty, pretty amazing out of them three teams. Um, yeah. TJ, sticking with with some of the uh, local, we already did Penn State. So what? Yeah. How do you feel about Pitt in West Virginia? Um, I just um, put a preview out on our website, collegefootballdogs.com. It was a preview for Pitt's season this year. I like them going nine and three. They don't have a crazy schedule coming in. They have a game, a road game at Notre Dame, and then the following week they come home and they play Florida State, which I think are going to be back-to-back losses for them. I do think they're going to lose at home to North Carolina. But at the same time, they could possibly win that game. I mean, it, that game is definitely going to be a toss-up. It all depends on how well Dracovic meshes with that offense. I know he's been through Frank Signetti's offense before, but these are different players. These are different people. You can have that offense in your head all you want. If you can't perform with the players who are there, it's not going to work. So by the time they play North Carolina, which I think is in the fourth or fifth week of the season, we should know exactly where they're at. And they could be going into South Bend in late October undefeated to play against Notre Dame. Um, as far as West Virginia is concerned, I'm sorry. Uh, you were saying, Joe, cupcake, cupcake. I mean, straight out of the bakery cupcake. This is Neil Brown's last year. Right now, if they fired him, his buyout will be $17 million. If they can him after the season, I believe it drops another 3 or $4 million. They have the trouble that's going on with Bob Huggins, so I don't know what shape the athletic department is in money-wise, but Neil Brown's on his way out. I mean, he's he's on borrowed time right now. I, I Unless they make a bowl game this season, which I got them only winning three games, but if they make a bowl game this season, that may save his job. I just, they're just way too outgunned on everybody who they play on that schedule. They don't have the horses to win in that Big 12. They don't have the, they're not going into Penn State and causing any problems. They're going to get destroyed in that first game. How about yeah. you? What do you? How do you think about the um the Panthers? I mean, uh, he's right. They got they got a nice they got a nice schedule this year. How they build their schedule up? They play Wofford and Cincinnati, and then West Virginia. So they sort of build up each week. Not that West Virginia is better than Cincinnati, but it's it's a rival game, so that'll always be a a tougher opponent. Yeah, yeah I, you know, I, I'm very bullish on the Panthers, uh, and you know that JT based on you know our draft one two four one twos. Uh, you know, I, I ranked them 17 preseason. I, I really think that they've got a veteran team coming back. They've got more talent than they've ever had. I think if there's a if there's an Achilles heel on this team, it's wide receiver. You know, they didn't do a very good job getting any kind of transfers to come in, and they've got some unproven guys, some of whom may prove to be good, right? So I'm not writing that off, uh, but ultimately I need to see Bub Means have hands. I need to see, you know, that they're going to throw to the tight end. They're p- perhaps – their most talented 
uh, receiver is their tight end. And last year they didn't throw to him the entire year. Um, so I think that's, that's a bit of an issue. They're clearly going to be good at the running game. I know they lost their starting guard to season ending uh, injury this past week, uh, but they've always been good enough on that offensive line last year. A lot of time, a lot of time the year before uh, to, to, to throw the balls, even for Keaton Slovis, who didn't have a good year. And then, you know, ultimately I think what ends up happening is how, how does that defense flush out? I think they've got three strong returning corners. Their defensive line is always good. I think their linebackers might be as good as they are, but the, they've got two holes in the back of that defense that they need to fill up. And, you know, I, I agree with TJ. I mean, I think this team has the potential, potential to come in 7-0 and uh, into that Dame and Florida State back-to-back week, that gauntlet that's there. Um, I think that they could trip up against UNC, but I think they're due with UNC. I love Drake May. I think he's a great player, but UNC – you know, those games are always close and I think Pitt knows it and this might be the year. And can you imagine the, the momentum they can go with us if they went into the, the, the Dame and FSU back-to-back weeks, seven and zero? Oh, I mean, I think that would be fantastic, not for the, for the school, but for the city. Yeah, I agree. One, the one thing, the other thing that you got to remember that Pitt is also, I'm sorry to interrupt you, JT. The other thing you also got to remember that Pitt is replacing is both starting safeties and Drake May can throw the ball over the yard, though. That's going to be tough for Pitt to go up against. I go daily and I get to hear Especially the early in the season. Yeah. I go daily. I hear what the coaches say. So you can take it with a grain of salt. But they, they love Javon McIntyre, who's taken over to one safety position. So we'll see, you know, if he if he fills yeah. it in. And then as the receivers go, uh, the transfer, um, uh, Dejon, I think his name is Dejon Reynolds from Florida. He came over from Florida. He's uh, going to be in a three spot. And then – they are crazy high on the four freshman receivers, um, yeah. especially Kenny Johnson. I remember the name Kenny Johnson because um, yeah. just talking with the media guys outside the place, there are a lot of guys that think he's going to be a, um, a starter before too long. He's that good. Um, he's that fast. So look for Kenny Johnson. But I agree. That's, that's going to be a weakness. Um, the running back position yeah. with I, – I love Rodney Hammond. I've loved Hammond for – to three years now. I mean, the kid can't get tackled. He's he's so yeah. small and he's so compact. He's hard to bring down. I mean, last year he sort of lost his job because of Banacanda went crazy and there was yeah. no reason to um keep giving him all kinds of carries. I agree with the tight ends. Um, Marcus Epps, the six six tight end that they just brought in. Um, he's their second tight end with Bartholomew. But um, the the talk with the coaches right now is that they're going to throw more. The Jerkovic is going to throw more to the tight end. So. We'll see. We'll see if that pans out, though. So, and Hammond don't, don't, reminds me of Dion Lewis, short, compact, and he can move. Yeah, him and Hammond's a he's 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 so small. I mean, we ask him at the uh, at the at the media day, like, what you're you're one of the t- smallest guys? He goes, I know. He he loves it though. He plays in the mm-hmm. he just wants to knock you down. So he's yep. that's a kid. West Virginia. So, t- you already mentioned it earlier. They're they're very young. Um, they sort of they're sort of a team without a um they, they really don't have a direction. I mean if you if you look at most teams in the league, you're like, okay, you know, Wisconsin's building, um, you know, you, you could see like a team like even like Clemson's rebuilding back up. But West Virginia just is like a team that you don't really they really don't have much direction, do they? They're just a team that are sort of who they are kind of thing and not much talent in that team really to spread yeah. around. Besides Zach, we already talked about Zach Frazier yeah. uh, in our profile. Zach Frazier is probably the best center in the country or one of the top two. But other than that, I mean, you can have a center all you want if you want to have a running back or a mm-hmm. 
quarterback or receiver. They don't even know who's starting yet, Green or Maricol. They don't know which one of them is going to start yet. Yeah, I think it's going to be a long season for the uh, – Yeah, it's going to be a tough one for the, for the Nears. <laughs> yeah. so. All right, anyway, guys. TJ, one more question for you. Conference realignment. Yeah. It's a hot topic. Okay. Uh, we've been hearing about it for the last couple of months for obvious reasons. How do you think this all plays out in the end? I, I really think that there's going to eventually just be the two super conferences of the Big Ten and the SEC. I think they're both going to go for 20, maybe 24 teams and just try to ride out this massive grouping and then narrow it down to them too. I also believe there's going to be like a second tier, like a semi-super conference that's going to be a mixture of the top Big 12 and ACC teams who are left over after the Big Ten and the SEC take their pickings. And then a third conference, you know, tier conference underneath that, that'll basically be the remnants of everybody else. And it sucks because we're going to lose a lot of rivalries. We're going to lose a lot of what we love with college football fans, but it's going to be great because then you're going to see, hopefully the mentality is you're going to see more quality football games. You're going to see less Alabama versus Louisiana, Southwest, East, North. I mean, you're going to see the legitimate games of Alabama against a Texas, Alabama against Oklahoma, Alabama against Georgia, back-to-back-to-back to back to back like that, instead of cupcake one, cupcake two, cupcake three. So I, I, I'm, I'm mixed on the conference realignment thing. I don't really – I'm not as upset as a lot of people are that USC, UCLA, Washington, and Oregon are coming up to the Big Ten. I'm not really upset at all that Texas and Oklahoma left the, the Big 12 to go to the SEC. I think, in a way, it's better for college football. But then on the set, the other side of that, I lose the sense of the Pac-12 has gone. You know, I, I hate to see that the Pac-12 has gone because I love staying up and watch Pac-12 football. I did it a lot, and I and I think it's gonna it's gonna Stay to a degree. You're going to see a combination of the Mountain West and maybe Oregon State and Washington State. But eventually, I think you're going to see two monster conferences, the Big Ten and the SEC, and then everybody else is just going to try. Now, the one thing I think that can save the ACC is if they can somehow convince Notre Dame to join for football. Notre Dame has been pumping getting Stanford into the ACC these past couple of weeks. If they – if they actually are able to find a way to get out of the NBC contract or work with the ACC for that NBC contract, you might see the ACC survive this and potentially poach some of the bigger schools that just hit the Big 12. Uh, I almost said TJ again. J this TJ JT thing isn't working for me. <laughs> JT, what are your thoughts on conference <laughs> real life? I'm, I'm one of the people that get, I'm burned by this, and, and TJ knows this. TJ will yeah. um, he'll shoot me a text right whenever this stuff starts, and I'm like, man, you know, he starts talking about it. I, I don't like it. I, I think the ACC will save itself. Um, I agree with him with the Big Ten and the uh, SEC are going to be super conferences, of course. I think um, I think the ACC will do what they have to. Uh, but what are they bringing in now? They're saying, what, Cal? SMU and Stanford, is that the three? Yeah, yeah. I think that'll be enough to – and I hate this because I'm not going to be – I'm not going to piggyback off with the coach from um, – what was it, Missouri? I think it was the Missouri coach. About, Eli Drinkwitz, yep. Yeah, I mean, you can't – what are you doing? I, mean, I know football runs everything. Football is the, the money maker, But, I mean, yeah. you want your volleyball team across the country uh, – travel across the country to play a volleyball game. Um, it's – I hate it. I mean, they're putting money ahead of um, 
um, rivalries ahead of just just doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense for Pac-12 teams to be in the ACC. Just makes no sense to me. I understand it's all about TV yeah. contracts and who you can obtain, but um, it it drives me nuts. I hate to say I'm old school because we have Dave that's always old school, and I don't want to be like Dave, but I'm I'm becoming more like Dave. I don't like it at all, man. I don't don't like it, but I I do think the Big Ten and the SEC are going to get what they want. I mean, of course. They're the two. Yeah. They're the two money guys. So I'm not going to get. Well, I think that it's also it's not it's not by accident that they're going after three teams and not four. I think they're holding that open spot for Dame. Uh, and I think that the reason Dame, even though a lot of people and look, I'm a, I'm a Big Ten guy. I went to school in the Big Ten. I understand their obsession about getting Notre Dame in the Big Ten. If the Big Ten or if, the, if Notre Dame wanted to be in the Big Ten, they would be. But they don't. Their, their recruiting territories are New York, Boston, New Jersey, Pittsburgh. It's Catholic cities. And even though the school recruits non-Catholic athletes to it, they still have a higher academic standard. And these are places where they get a lot of fans. I mean, you, you the reason that they play a Notre Dame game in Yankee Stadium is because there's a lot of fans that are going to see them there. And Fenway, and they, they, they don't mind going to those places. And the reason the ACC is so attractive to them. And and, you know, the Big Ten can't get that out of their, their heads. They think, we don't understand why you won't join. And I think that's why they, they enjoy the relationship with the ACC. They've got all of that stuff that they want. They go into recruiting those areas very well. They get to play, you know, and stay primarily on the East Coast. And, you know, if they wanted to be in the Big Ten, they would already be there. And they're just, they've, just, they've chosen not to because I think the ACC is a better fit for them. And if they are forced into a conference and there is some – formal realignment with Notre Dame. I think that's why they have that gap. Uh, and I, I feel bad for Oregon State and Washington State, yeah. you know, Arizona State and Arizona. Like, those, they're just floating. Like, what do they do? You know, and, and, and the Big 12, is everybody saying, oh, they came out of this great? Name three teams in the Big 12. Go ahead. <laughs> you know, I'll wait. Don't worry. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, like average fan can't do that because it's a hodgepodge and it's been a hodgepodge. And, hey, Oklahoma's out and we've got, you know, TCU. Like, what with TCU? Like, where did they come from? Or hey, what are we going to do with Houston? Well, Houston's not in, or they're not out. It's like I, I, I'm so confused as to the Big Twelve stuff. I mean, West Virginia, Iowa State, Oklahoma State. Like, what's left there? It's a bunch of uh, of you know they, they don't they don't have a headliner. I guess is what I'm getting at, and or at least a, a headliner matchup like Red River Rivalry. It just doesn't exist. Uh, it's just not there, and I'm not sure they can get that back. And I think interest will wane over time or, you know, as TJ, you said, uh, you know, a lot mm -hmm. of those teams meld into the other two super conferences when we get there. So watch out for UCF um, to win the big 12 this year. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that's the other thing too. If you look at UCF and USF, USF is the 13th largest TV market in the country sitting there right in Tampa and yep. no one has added them. You know, you get a UCF USF rivalry. You know, at the right conference that might that might work, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. So, anyway, TJ, before we leave, we're going to ask you one last question. What do you think yeah. your national title prediction? Who who plays wow. and then who wins it? I my final four that I have is I have LSU, Florida State, USC, and Michigan, and I have Florida State beating Michigan for the national championship. That hurts to hear. It hurts to hear. How about you, <laughs> Sorry, <no>. JT? <laughs> Sorry. I have Georgia, Michigan, Washington, 
And um, here's my fourth one. I gotta think. I gotta think. I gotta think. I gotta think. I can't even remember who my fourth team is right now. I'm like on the spot. Um, that was Florida State. Florida State. So I had Georgia beating Michigan um, in a close game in the in the uh, in the title game. I think uh, I think Georgia just has enough enough to do it again. All right, stop me. Michigan fan. Stop me if you've heard this before. There you go. Georgia, Alabama. <laughs> Michigan and this year I think USC sneaks in. I I'm I know you guys like Florida State. I'm not on the bandwagon. They're another one of those show me things. They've been down so long. If it wasn't for the fact that you know they have the name Florida State, I mean the reason they didn't join a bigger conference is because no one else wants them, right? They don't need them. There are there are bigger schools in Florida right now, namely Miami and and, and the University of Florida, uh, and they they just don't need them, or else they would have gone to the Big Ten. And maybe they end up going there with a this this you know, idyllic, you know, uh, conversation alongside of, of Clemson or they bring UNC with them. But at the end of the day, these are schools that, you know, I think they get lost in the Big Ten. You know, they're not fits uh, in the same way Boston College and Syracuse really aren't fits in the in the ACC. It's just not right for them. But, yeah, I ultimately, you know, I think if I had to choose a winner that I think, you know, as, as, uh, as much as I don't want to say this, I think it's a USC-Michigan and I think USC wins. Mm. So, I know. I said I on a limb. I just have this. You got three thumbs feeling. down on your team, man. I know, including my own, including my own. Well, TJ, tell everybody how they can find you. Tell them a little bit about College Dogs before we let you go. I'm on collegefootballdogs.com. B a w g s. Um, it's a website. It's college football fans. It's ran by fans for fans. We have people from California, Texas, Ohio. Obviously, I'm in Pennsylvania. That We have fans all over the country who do writing for us. We have photographers. We're you know, going to be going to games. And we just we love what we do. We have a good time. We love what we do. I write a lot of stories. I'm considered a national columnist, so I have free reign to write about what I want, which I absolutely love to do. And I do some recruiting articles for them, like commitments for uh, – four and five star players who are going to big time programs. I get some articles done like that. And it's just a blast. I love it. Absolutely love it. Well, thank you for being on the show, man. It was great. We're going to let you off the clock, uh, but you're, you're welcome back. You get a free pass. Just, you know, call us whenever you want to be on and talk about college football. Love to have you back. Awesome. Awesome, man. I love it. Thank you both. I appreciate it so much for you guys with me on here. It's thank our you. pleasure. So thanks. Have a good one. Have a good one. Teach. <laughs>